R E A R E A R E A R E A Audio R E A audio. 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 Reemployability. Reemployability. Season two. Season two. Season two. So if you were tasked with getting ten people without a high school diploma and that are essentially homeless jobs at one of the most well-known manufacturing companies in the world, what would you think? Where would you start? How difficult does that sound? I mean, do you even have the means to achieve the task? Our sales team recently watched a TED Talk by Steve Gagiolo, who's a speaker, coach, idea guy. It was called The Science of Taking Action. In it, Steve says something that's incredibly simple, yet profound. Everything in life that's hard is just a series of things that are easy. One thing I've heard over and over from injured workers in our program, after they've had a chance to settle into their volunteer assignment, is that they didn't realize the impact that they'd have on other people just by completing the simple tasks they've been given as part of their modified duty. Little things matter, and you never know how a small task, a simple comment, or a word of appreciation can make a huge difference in someone's life. David Weller, a Tesla employee working for Caritas of Austin in his modified duty, has experienced this feeling time after time after time after time. His one suggestion has done great things in many lives. Hannah Gardner and David Weller are on REA Audio with us this week, and it's very special to be able to bring not only one of Reemployability's not-for-profit partners with us, along with one of the injured workers that's participated in their program as part of what Reemployability does, but I want to talk less about um, the overall program and more about the specifics of what you all have done. And, and first off, it, I feel like we've been trying to organize this and it, I'm so happy that we we're able to all get together and, and be able to, to really introduce ourselves and learn a lot more about what you all are doing. So uh, to kick things off, Hannah, uh, Caritas of Austin is a very special organization. If you don't mind just explaining first off, what does Caritas mean and what do you all do in Austin? Absolutely. Um, yeah, thank you for having us. It has been um, a little bit of back and forth to get it scheduled, and I'm really happy that we have the opportunity to talk to you. Um, Caritas of Austin, the word Caritas is Latin for charity. Um, we started in the 1960s at a church here downtown that we still work with regularly. Um, the St. David's Church uh, across the street from us. Uh, and our community kitchen was the first program that started over there in the in the basement of the church. They were cooking lunches for the community every day of the week. So that that's kind of our roots. And, you know, in the 90s, we moved into the building that we're in right now. And we have a bunch of other programs that we have in addition to our original community kitchen that we still do every weekday. So what are some of the other things that you're involved with? Yeah, absolutely. We are uh, mainly focused on housing services. So we um, we work on, uh, take a holistic approach to working with a client. We get them in a home first and foremost. Uh, we really believe housing first is very important. So without all of the rules and restrictions and prerequisites that, that come with um, some services, want to get somebody in a home, no matter what they're going through, where they've been, what challenges they face. Um, it's really hard to tackle any any of life challenges without having a place to call home at the end of the day. So we get 
people in a home and then we work on all the other pieces of the puzzle. Um, so we do that through what we call case management, where when a client gets appointed to us, we um, pair them with a with a case manager and then want like together the two of them with the com- the community resources and with station work on all the all of the other pieces. Um, so we have five different housing programs that um, focus on different populations and. We also, in addition to the housing programs, have an education program and an employment program. And then our food services program, where we have our community lunch. We also have a pantry for our clients that are in the housing programs. That's an amazing amount of things that you all are tackling. And, and, and so those, those, all those things that you are achieving in Austin obviously need people to help make those things happen. And, um, David Weller, you are a, an employee of Tesla and you're, you were injured on the job and you were placed into the transition to work program through reemployability and through your employer, Tesla. Do you mind sharing a little bit about what brought you to Caritas of Austin? Uh, so I used to work for Caritas back in uh, 2014 to 2017. So when they were placing me in a nonprofit organization for light duties to, for my factory guild, uh, they asked me if I knew any nonprofits in the area. I said, yes, Caritas Boston would be a great fit for me because I already had background with them. Uh, your organization reached out to Caritas. Caritas said, yes, we would very much like to have David. Because I know their background and everything else, when I came into Caritas and when I worked with Tesla, I know Tesla's guidelines about employment, uh, hiring people. So I approached the case managers and the program managers to say, hey, Tesla's hiring people even without a high school diploma. And that was a big, big obstacle to a lot of our, a lot of the clients here at Caritas, we didn't have a, uh, like a high school diploma or any kind of job skills. And I pointed out that Tesla will hire them and train them even without a high school diploma. So that was a big hurdle. And my understanding is nine to 10 of our clients here at Caritas were hired into Tesla. Tesla's not aware of, of it, but uh, I've been keeping track. I don't know who the clients are. They just, they just tell me who the, you know, how many of the clients they got hired in. And I was yeah. very excited about it. Well, of course. So the case managers. And, and that's the, and that's the big, the big thing that we wanted to talk to you about is some of those things that you've done to go above and beyond what your assignment requirements may have been with regards to, to your injury and working at, at Paratos. So tell us more about that. So you identified that, um, Tesla would hire folks without a high school education and you're working with people who, uh, not only in, in some instances are needing homes, but <laughs> needing jobs, obviously, and, and really yeah. getting right back, back on the right, on the right feet, right? Getting, getting reset from maybe some instances or things that have happened to them in their lives that have put them in this situation. So tell us a little bit about how you embrace that and, and how you move that forward for these folks. Well, by, by communicating with, like, letting the case managers know what was available at Tesla, a lot of the case managers did not realize that Tesla were hiring people without a high school diploma or with uh, and with other obstacles. Like, Tesla has shuttles, so they came to me and said, we have a client that lives outside of Austin. How are they going to get to work? And I said, well, they have shuttles. So they're like, where do the shuttles pick up? So then they were able to let the clients know, hey, you can work with Tesla and catch a shuttle to work without having a vehicle. 
And that was a really big thing with our clients. A lot of our clients bought cars. Mm-hmm. So they were very, that was very, they were very excited about it. And uh, some of our clients were young clients who are like young homeless clients getting a home, like they're finally getting into a home, but they need a job to be able to pay the rent. And they were able to get into Tesla a lot quicker uh, and for the, our younger clients. And then I work in the veterans department. So we have a lot of our veterans who did I think they can get into Tesla were able to get in it because of the communications back and forth between the case manager and the client. And then they go onto the website and apply for a job. And I was told, hey, they got an interview. Oh, they got the job. Oh, they've already started working. And all the clients are getting feedback and case managers saying that they're very, very happy where they're at and they love working at Tesla. So Hannah, tell, tell us a little bit about that, how that's worked. Like how many folks, like what do the case managers do? What what are their, like how many cases or people are they handling at a time? How does How does that work? So it really varies program by program, um, and it depends on you know the funding that we're receiving that year or the the amount of staff that we have. We really um, it kind of varies how many people we can help based on you know the the day to day things. So um, each program is is different, but we work on um, all of the pieces of the puzzle. And I think any case manager, you know, I think ideally, you know, I can't speak to it too much because it really depends on the different programs. And and I don't, I honestly don't know all of the details, but um, I think usually anywhere, David, do you know how many people each um, case manager in your program has? How many so in SSVF, in SSVF uh, we have three case managers, and each case manager has 10 to 15 clients okay. at a time. Yeah. Right. Uh, another employment department has a little bit more because the employment department, they branch out to all the different uh, departments to help uh, get people. Uh, back in the days, it was like 20 to 30 clients for an employment department that they would help find gainful employment. So each, each, each department has their own yeah. different kind of case stuff, but 10 to 15 is about average. Yeah. So I yeah, can I see can... why they were excited to get people placed, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, David, would you mind sharing what did you do or what do you do? What is your role at Tesla prior to your injury? I am a production associate and I work in the casting department. So my our, we're at the beginning of the line. So we create the wheel base for the front and the back end of the vehicle of the Y unit of Y bottles. So when it comes out of the die cast, we, we, we examine it to make sure there is any cracks or anything wrong with it. And then we put it into a staging area. Once it's cooled off, we move it from the staging area to the plasma department where we lift, where we have a sister lift that picks up the unit and place it into a box where a robot will pick it up and put it into a plasma area where we'll cut off parts of the uh, excess parts that we don't need for the back and front of the wheelbase. And then once it comes out, it goes through a tunnel where we take off all the excess debris, uh, file down, make sure all the holes are correctly placed in. Then from that area goes to another staging area where it's put on the line to actually assemble the vehicle. Okay. So do you mind, are you able to share, do you mind sharing how you were injured? 
Sure, I was uh, the plasma. Uh, I was between the plasma staging area and the diecast, where I was placing a unit into the uh, box. But I have to put when I use a assist lift, I have to raise it above my head, and I wasn't using. Uh, I was trying to use my back to push it in there because it was kind of like hard to bring it down and, and maneuver it. And when I was doing that during the course of the evening. I pulled my back out. Okay. And um, mm-hmm. Tesla has been very, very nice to me. They put me in like light duties instead of sitting at home twiddling your thumbs. They place me in light duties. Uh, I start doing a rehab soon to where I can get back into Tesla as quickly as possible. That that's fantastic. So tell me more about the the light duty. Like, how did you feel after you were injured? I mean, we hear a lot of really good things about Tesla, but sometimes when you hear from the outside, it's different from what the reality is from the inside. And and it sounds like uh, they they've been they've communicated well to you. But how how did you feel when you were first injured? Did were you a little concerned that you were going to be stuck at home? I was concerned about being stuck at home. I was actually concerned that I would have permanent damage, and which I found out I do not. Uh, it just takes time to heal. Everybody's different. Uh, I was getting the first month. I was at home. I was bored. I went to PT. I went uh, PTs, but it was just basically go to PTs, go home, because back injury it kind of limits your activities. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Caritas has always communicated and reached out to me and said, "Hey, would you be interested in this light duty program that we have?" And I was like, "Sure." And a lot of people ask me, so they say, "Let me get this straight." So Caritas, so Tesla's paying you to work at another facility on light duties until you heal and come back. And they're like, "What is Caritas? I mean, what is Tesla getting out of this?" And I tell them that Tesla is getting an investment because they're investing. In me, saying, "Hey, we believe in you. We want you back. We want you healthy, and we're willing to put you somewhere else to make full pay while you heal, instead of sitting at home getting half the money you would earn." Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Also, it, it gives me a routine. I get up in the morning. I, I, I get I get dressed. I, I go to work. Uh, making working, it's nice because you're not stuck at home. You're not looking at the walls. You're not like watching TV. You're not you're not getting you're not losing. Um, It's hard. I'm not becoming lazy. I don't want to say you know being lazy. It just you know it's nice. You, you feel appreciated. Yeah. And a lot of people have never heard of this program, and they're really surprised that Tesla would do something like this. They a lot of people feel that Tesla is just a workshop. And I say no. You do work. You do work very hard. But the benefit is Tesla has your back no matter what. Does that make any sense? No, absolutely. They, that makes great sense. And and I and enjoy and I really like it a lot. It, it makes me feel you make it makes you feel appreciated. Mm-hmm. It makes me say, "Hey, Tesla's there for you, uh, no matter what." And they have been. They've been communicating very well. Uh, and uh, and if I have any issues, I bring it to them, and they're like, "Okay, we, we can resolve this." Mm-hmm. Now that's terrific. Now, Hannah, you you've um, had other injured workers. You've hosted other injured workers in the, this program, the Transition to Work program. Um, how do you feel like it benefits injured workers, and how does it benefit um, Caritas of Austin? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the amount of work that we can do in this field is unlimited. So, um, I I am the volunteer coordinator, and I oversee volunteers and interns, and this reemployability program falls under that. Um, 
since it is, you know, typically volunteer work um, that that people are coming to do with with those certain restrictions based on whatever their injury is. And, um, you know, volunteers benefit this organization um, always because there are only so many staff members, staff members working 40 hours a week in passion driven work get compassion fatigue they get burned out they need to take breaks mm. um there is turnover just like any job and so we have gaps that we need to fill and and learning curves and um when it comes down to it just having having volunteers that that devote a little bit of their time to for the greater for the greater good for to end homelessness in austin that is our mission at caritas and um, it is something that is near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. So being able to um, just think outside the box and and find volunteers in these different facets, like people that can't work right now while they're while they are recovering, there are things we can do for them here that they can't necessarily do at their job while they're recovering. And so being able to, you know, I've had conversations on the phone with placement specialists through reemployability about like the different requirements, the different uh, restrictions that somebody has and just brainstormed how can we place this person with those restrictions and our needs and um, it's just really it's really exciting and, and neat that people can come together and kind of think outside the, the box on like how to how to fill Caritas's needs and also how to help somebody who is not able to return to work right now that is recovering from uh, an injury that is, you know, kind of, I mean, David mentioned you, you know, you were bored at the beginning. I know there can be a lot of emotions that go into uh, and uncertainty that go into being injured and recovering and not going to work every day and feeling that, you know, people get fulfillment out of their jobs a lot of the time or that sense of routine or that sense of, um, <clears throat> productivity and if they can't get that while they're injured and they're also injured you know um this is a really good outlet to kind of check all the check those boxes and give back to the community and help a a community of people that need that need help yeah hannah what is the most difficult part of your job just overall as a volunteer coordinator for an organization like caritas Oh, wow. Uh, (laughs) I would say, um, you know, I'm relatively new to this organization. So I think that I've just been here since November. I have a long career of working with volunteers, um, but I'm relatively new-ish to uh, Caritas. And so, you know, just the the basic learning curve of learning a a new job and a new culture and a new environment is probably the hardest part, but when um, kind of getting to know the culture and the organization and all the different programs, I I think just the hardest part is like not maybe not having an opportunity for somebody that reaches out needing one. Mm-hmm. Um, so if somebody reaches out wanting a specific intern or um a high school student wants to do a more direct service program that we maybe don't have a, a opportunity for a younger individual to be able to help with. Um, so there have been, I guess, situations like that where I've maybe had to say, 
no, or we don't, you know, we're not the right fit for you. We don't quite have uh, what you're looking for here. I think that's that's challenging because you see the passion in the person that really wants yeah. to give back to the organization. And um, most of the time we can find that match. But when we can't, it's that's difficult. One of the things, one of the questions that we get asked uh, in the in the sales department here at Reemployability is when uh, the companies, when the employers, like a Tesla, for example, um, is is deciding whether they want to participate or utilize the program, is what's the accountability of the injured worker while they're on site at the not for profit, right? Because they they don't have a manager from that employer there to manage them, and and one of the things that. Um, I always say, it, 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 because I've heard this from countless volunteer coordinators, is if there's not a need for an injured worker at my place, at my not-for-profit, I'm not going to say yes. I don't need the burden of somebody just sitting there not doing a job, right? You have plenty of jobs that need to be done. And if somebody's not doing it, you're going to let reemployability know about it, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that, Yeah, that is the case. It's, it's uh, internships and volunteers like we don't we don't want to take on somebody that we don't have a position for not only because we that's not nobody's getting anything out of that you know right. we we don't want um people sitting here twiddling their thumbs people don't want to come in and sit here yeah. and twiddle their thumbs they could yeah. do that somewhere else and um, so yeah, we always want to make sure that we have, we provide a good experience for our volunteers and our interns and, um, make sure that we are, we are prepared to support them and make sure that we have, you know, a good experience for them as well as get the, you know, the, the benefits of having their, their help in, in our work that we're doing every day. Thanks for listening to REA Audio. If you have any comments or suggestions for an upcoming episode, let us know. You can find us on Twitter at REA Audio Podcast. That's the best place for feedback and show suggestions. Also, please follow REA Audio on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out more content at listentorea.com. If you have a story to tell or know someone who does, please don't be shy. Email Todd at reemployability.com or tell us on Twitter at REA Audio Podcast. And make sure to come back next time as we finish our conversation with Hannah and David. Have a great week.